Ladies and gentlemen, uh, I will be your moderator today. My name is Klaus Jericho, and it's wonderful to see so many of you to come and learn more about the reality of our world. It's somewhat misleading. Uh, you will talk about gambling, but uh, it's, I trust it's more complicated than that. It's risk involved and uncertainty and reality and so on. But before I get into that, I better say a few words about Dennis. Dennis, Dr. Dennis Conley is a longtime friend of mine. We used to play squash together before his back gave out, and he was a very, very good he was a very, very good squash player. And he had a particularly good shot from the backhand up here. He would drop it into the far right hand corner. And I would never be able to get it. And, uh, and for him, that, of course, was a very low-risk shot because he was so good at it. And, it and, and he didn't gamble it because he knew he would be able to do it, you see. But then one weekend, a professional squash player came into town, and Dennis, and he put um, this demonstration match on, <clears throat> and here was Dennis playing that backhand drop again. Well, all of a sudden, it didn't work anymore. It didn't work anymore, but now the shot, which at one time was a very low-risk shot, now became a very high-risk shot, but Dennis kept playing it. Now he was gambling, too, you see? <laughs> so I think that relates to what he will be talking about today. Uh, <clears throat> Dennis um, is a, he's a mathematician. And he's been working at the university and teaching math at the university 43 years, one of the longest-serving teachers at the university. He, uh, he loves his students. I remember him telling me about 15 years ago, he says, um, I had lost interest in teaching until I became more personally involved in the students, like their names, some personal histories, and so on. And he says that it totally transformed his life as a, as a teacher. And uh, I thought that was rather interesting. But he really took it a step further. He, not only in the class, but he, he has gone to almost every art function at the university to be with his students, to almost, well, to every hockey game, to every basketball game. I mean, he is an amazing supporter of the students, <clears throat> a true humanitarian at the university level. Um, the other feature about Dennis is he's an Australian. Now, what on earth is he doing in southern Alberta? And he's been here for 47 years or so, and he just loves this place. He says, every day is a good day in southern Alberta. I mean, he just loves this place. <clears throat> so, the, the, the one th thing wrong with Dennis is so that this, he's a mathematician. And mathematicians scare me because they see the world quite differently. They see the world in numbers and they have a certain reality about them. In fact, it's almost like as if they're aliens, you know, you, 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 they, because they're not like us. <laughs> they're just not like us. So, but without any further ado, I will ask Dennis to come up and tell us about the way he sees the world and uh, explain to us humble humans, what risk and uncertainty is all about. Dennis, please.
I'm sorry, not, not later than half past. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I better have that, yeah. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Klaus. Gosh, uh, <laughs> uh, i try and get my head back down. <laughs> is that am I speaking in there well enough? Yes, okay. Um, it really is a great uh, pleasure to come here, and uh, I'm a little bit worried. I um, was asked here by the original... Uh, Sackman, uh, Gordon Campbell, to talk in 1976, and I was never asked back until today. So, <laughs> so I must have said something wrong then. Or, uh, uh, so it's really nice to be back again and uh, talk to you about... Um, what, what is a serious issue, I think, is um, teaching... Should we teach gambling in schools and in university? And... Uh, there's two sides, and I think a lot of people say no, just stay away from that, uh, because some, people, some students will get addicted, even though you show them, look, you can't win in a casino or in lottery tickets, they're not a good buy. Uh, not that I'm against lottery tickets, and I'll tell you why. Um, but we did some studies, uh, myself and uh, Bob, uh, Professor Bob uh, Rob Williams at the university, he's an addictions uh, psychologist, and we really thought that uh, it is the best, and, and I think you'll see why, uh, why it is, because, and the main thing is, everybody gambles, you all gamble. Uh, you might say, well, I never go to the casino, I don't even buy lottery tickets, but... Uh, you do, uh, you do gamble. You don't. I'm not saying you buy lottery tickets, or, uh, but when you go to, if if you've got car insurance, who's ever got car insurance here? That's essentially a bet. You go to the agent or the insurance company and say, "Look, I'll make a bet with you that um, uh, I'll have an accident or I'll do some damage to my car in the next 12 months." And uh, the insurance agent says, "Okay," and he takes down your particulars and. Uh, what sort of car, the, the cost, etc., etc., and you make a bet. And uh, if you win, well, sort of win, then, then you get your car repaired. Uh, and, and if you lose, then you lose um, uh, the $300 or $800 or $1,000, whatever it costs you. But it's a bet. You're just making a bet. And the insurance agent there, or the company, of course, has got a list there of the chances that you will have an accident. And so all car insurance and the same life insurance is exactly the same. If you go in to get, um, oh, incidentally, I was going to say with the auto insurance, what a tip is not to get, is to have a high, um, for most people, is to have a high deductible. Because um, if you've got a low deductible, you don't want to be claiming lots of low deductions because then you're telling the insurance company that you're having uh, lots of accidents. So... And, and a lot of people have a low deductible, but they don't claim it. So then they're paying for something that they're never going to, compl- uh, never going to claim. So usually, uh, for most people, a high, um, a high deductible, $1,000, is better than uh, a $100 deductible. Because, uh, as I'm sure that people here have had two or three, it's best for, say, five, well, you don't get much under 500 these days, but around $500, you don't claim that in the insurance because, one, they're going to put your rates up and they're going to tag you and say, oh, this guy's uh, having a few, so you don't. So don't, don't have a low deductible. Uh, that's, uh, same for life insurance, that's a bet as well. You go into this agent, essentially, and you say to him, look, I bet I'm going to die next year. And, uh, and he says, okay, well, I'll... Uh, if you win, he says, I'll give you, uh, what, what do you want? 100000 for the estate, okay? And so then he looks up the, um, 
uh, looks up the, the rates or the company does and say, well, that person, that age, and those, whether it's smoker or not smoker, etc., different um, uh, health problems, they'll give you a rate and say uh, the odds for you making it through the next year. And, of course, if you're a woman, you pay about half because it's nearly – I've got a table here I'll show you uh, – the, the chance of making it through the next year is nearly twice as much as a, a man of the same age. And, of course, if you're a smoker, then again, so, uh, your rates will be higher. Now, if the company says, oh, no, no extra rates for smokers, move to another company because they're, you're, they're charging. They're assuming that you're a smoker. So try and get one that says um, you're, you're not a smoker, and then you'll get a, a better rate. And, and another tip there perhaps is term insurance is best. It's not a good idea, although often the agent will say, look, term insurance, if you win, you get that. But if you don't win, if you uh, live, you've got nothing at the end of the year. Well, uh, that, that's okay. It's probably not a good idea to put in extra money so that you get that. If you do survive 10 years, they say, oh, well, here's uh, 2000 back or 5000 back. Essentially, you're giving them money to invest for you that maybe you can invest for yourself. Uh, term insurance is usually the uh, the best there. And then, um, well, well, actually, I just went in yesterday for some insurance. I'm going to the States for uh, 33 days, and so they, and I'm covered for 30 days. And so then uh, they said, now we better have a look here. They said, uh, have you got any cardiovascular heart conditions, kidney diseases, failure, liver disease, neurological... And one question, they said, uh, have you been diagnosed terminally ill? <laughs> and then this is uh, here, uh, have you had a transplant, etc. And, of course, as you tick these off, if you tick a yes to any one of them, then your rate goes up. I said, what if I had to tick the terminally ill? Oh, well, we wouldn't give you that, they said. <laughs> There's no insurance for that. And, uh, but but it's, it's a bet. I made a bet because I'm... Uh, and it cost me uh, about $40. But should I... Well, I hope to lose the bet. But if I win, and then if I'm in the States and I get a bill of 200000 then I'll be covered. But uh, it's not just a, a death policy, it's a medical policy. So, uh, but it was a bet that I made yesterday. And then, um, that's for life, property mortgage. I was thinking that the other day. Everyone makes a bet there. I was talking to my mortgage uh, at TD, uh, Robbie Innes. And if you, go, if you bought a house... You go in there, and, and then she offers you, there's two things, or, or several, but just take two here. She says, um, do you want the mortgage at uh, a fixed rate for five years at three point, uh, what have we got here? Uh, yeah, 3.89% for five years, fixed, or I'll give you a variable rate, she said, for 2.15%. Um, so which one is best? You're making a bet. If you say, well, I'll take the fixed one, you're making a bet that it's going to go up higher than that in the next five years. If you take the, the variable one, uh, and an economist might help you, but uh, it's, it's, this is a tough one. Uh, if you take the variable one, and then it goes up to 6%, you're, you're out, of, out of pocket. So uh, uh, that, that's a game of bet. And then again, even playing golf, uh, there's gambles in there. Uh, here's a case here, say... Um, you're playing in the Masters, so you're pretty good. You're playing in the Masters, and you've got 230 yards to the green. You can normally hit 230, carry that, no problem. Maybe it's the 15th at Augusta. There's a lake in the front. So do you say, um, 
you're there. You can normally easily carry that, get there. But it's a downhill lie. It's a little bit dewy. Uh, so did you go for it or not? Well, there's no doubt that Nicholas was considered one of the best at making these decisions, whether should do that. Uh, Nicholas himself said that uh, Weisskopf hit the ball higher, further, straighter, but and he didn't say any more than that. He just said this guy came along. He, he was just amazed. But Nicholas could always beat Weisskopf. And people say it was because he was so good at estimating just which was the best shot which would give the, eventually the most probable best score. You know, it's no point going for one that's uh, out of reach or if the penalty for not getting it is a double bogey. Better just to play a little bit safe. And uh, an answer to that was, um, a special case of that was uh, the great Ben Hogan. They asked Ben Hogan, they said, how come you haven't had as many holes in one as a lot of lesser players had? And he just replied straight away, well, uh, I'm not always aiming at the hole for a hole in one. <laughs> and what he meant, of course, was... Um, Aiming at the hole on some holes in one is not a good bet. Because if you get it, great. You may get a hole in one or you may get a bogey. But you're looking at a double bogey. No, no. Much better, much smarter uh, from a probabilistic point of view is to aim a little bit uh, to, to the center of the green perhaps or away from the hole and get a sure three, maybe a two. And, and Hogan, well, uh, understandably, was one of the great golfers of all time. And I think... Um, uh, some, some people like uh, Phil Mickelson, great player, great, but, but just doesn't have that probability instinct. And uh, certainly Greg Norman was amongst those, one of the longest hitters, straightest drivers of all time, but just too much of a gambler, too much uh, on, on risky shots. And then um, I'm just going to tell you about the, uh, the greatest gamble of all time. I don't know if you know of this one. The biggest bet of all time was in 1952, November the 1st. I don't know if anyone remembers that particular day. But in that day, the Americans let off the first H-bomb. And the gamble was, and it's not well known until just recently, but the gamble was in those days, uh, they didn't know if, if that bomb, it was such a big one, as the H-bomb, was going to ignite the whole atmosphere and just wipe out the world in one flash like that. So they did the calculations, and, and still they weren't sure, but it looked pretty safe. So, uh, And when Linus Pauling was here in uh, Lethbridge, uh, he came some years ago, he's dead now, uh, probably people remember Linus Pauling, double Nobel Prize winner, but he was here giving a talk. I asked him, I said, uh, who did the calculations for this uh, uh, was it Edward Teller who, who designed the bomb? Oh, God, no, he said. That guy would have said, let it off anyway. <laughs> so, uh, uh, so they said, no, we, we had to get someone else to do the, uh, the calculations. And uh, it was a, there was some worry that it would just set off the atmosphere. The world would, as we know, well, we wouldn't be here today. We wouldn't be, no one would know. And, of course, why would they take that chance? Well, uh, I'm sure they thought, well, if we don't, the Russians are going to do it anyway. In, uh, and they let off a bomb uh, just three years later, and H their first H-bomb. So uh, uh, they were going to do it, so uh, why not take a chance? And, and, and it has, uh, well, we're still here. So, But that was the, the biggest bat that I, uh, I've ever uh, heard of. But what I want to do now for you is um, 
I've got a little exam. Being a professor, I have to give... I've got a little exam for you. I'm just going to... For you to go over while we're having lunch. And, and I'll, I'll go over this exam with you. Some of these questions. Yeah, just have a look at these questions here. Well, these are the solutions. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just hand these out. Maybe Klaus will have these out. Over some of these questions that you'll find of interest. The first one is the birthday problem. Very famous problem, the birthday problem. Uh, much celebrated. <laughs> it's just a, but it's not an obvious problem. How many people in this room here, I can almost guarantee that two people have got the same birthday. It's almost certain that there are two people here. I'd bet a thousand to one that uh, two people in this room today have the same birthday. And if we have uh, time at the end here, I'll, I'll prove it to you. I'll find out who has the, the same birthday. I always do this in the class at school and... Uh, well, I've been teaching 43 years and uh, never, never lost a bet yet. It's uh, always, well, of course, the class is bigger. But in this room alone here, two people will have the same birthday. I wouldn't bet my life on it. I could lose, but it is very high. So that's the first problem there. The Monty Hall problem. Who remembers the Monty Hall, let's make a deal? Does anyone remember that problem? It's a, an old problem from... Uh, about the 80s, 1980s, NBC. Monty Hall was from... Uh, um, from Winnipeg. The Monty Hall problem, you have three doors. Behind one door is the car, and the other two doors at random is two, two goats. And you pick a door, okay? You pick a door, and if you pick the car, it's yours. But before he opens it, he says, wait a minute, and he opens up another door for you, he opens one of the three doors and shows a goat. And he says, if you like, now you can change to the other door if you want. Or you can stay with your original choice. What do you want to do? Should you change or should you not? This problem caused a huge uproar in the States, uh, and I'll tell you about that. But think about that. Should you change or should you? Does it make any difference or, or, or just go with the original choice? And you get the car. You get to keep the car, brand new car, BMW, if, uh, if you win that. Another one here, number three, is a coin testing. I brought a coin here, so a big one so you can see. Here's a coin. Uh, and we're, we're worried, we're worried, uh, perhaps we've been losing money at the casino with this coin. They've been throwing it. In Australia, they play a game that's um, uh, called Two Up, where they throw coins in the air. And we're not too sure whether this is giving more heads or more tails. It doesn't seem right. So, so you could throw it ten times and maybe get eight heads. You know, well, that wouldn't show much. Throw it a hundred times and get eighty heads, maybe... Uh, if you've got a hundred heads, you say, yeah, it's, oh, yeah, it's got two heads. I didn't even look. <laughs> but, but to be fair, to be uh, real legal, we're going to throw it 10,000 times, okay? We'll get someone to throw it 10,000 times on a carpet. And um, what, what would be reasonable? What sort of, here, I put a little line there, 5,000, of course, 5,000 heads. You say, yeah, that's what I was expecting. 5,001, 5,002, 5,003. And of course, 10,000, that would be ridiculous, you'd say, or even 9,000, 9,000 heads, something wrong. So I'd, I'd like you to just sort of think, what range would be reasonable? Where would you start to say, yeah, that's reasonable? Oh, I was starting to get a little bit too unreasonable there, okay? Um, gambler's ruin. And this is the way a lot of people do gamble. They go down to Vegas with um, 
so much money in their pocket. I've made it here so the figures come out. But nice, they go down with so much money, $100, $200 or 1000 whatever. And they say, when I lose that, it's quits. Or if I come out with a thousand in front, I'm going, I'm going to leave. Okay. Usually they don't. They say, oh, I want a thousand, I'll go back. But still, it's the same plan, they go back. So, so here's the plan. Uh, we go to, uh, we've got nine thousand in your pocket, and as soon as you reach ten thousand, that's it. You're coming, catching the next plane home with a thousand. Or, of course, if you lose the nine thousand, you've got to come home too. Assuming you've bought your ticket, your return ticket. Okay. Does the, the size of the bet make, make any difference? Okay. Um, on the back here, there's two pages to this, yes. Um, Lotto 649. Everyone's pretty well familiar with that. And I'm not against lotteries because people like to dream. You know, it, it is nice. People dream, they buy a ticket, there's a minuscule chance of winning, but you ah, oh, yeah, I'll do this, I'll pay off, I'll pay off my student loans, I'll go down to Mexico and I'll do this, this, this. All sorts of things. You know, it's nice to have those dreams, even though they're never going to come true. But uh, so, but are there any numbers that we shouldn't? Um, and I say, if it's not in Ontario, in Ontario recently, it's been shown that the people who sell these lottery tickets have a lot more luck than the people who don't sell them. Uh, we don't quite know why, but that uh, they have been really, really lucky. Those people. Anyway, supposing that it was a fair one, and. Because there's so much money involved in lottery tickets, always bad people and casinos. Whenever there's a lot of money, bad people seem to come in. But anyway, are there any numbers that you should avoid? Or uh, assuming that they're all equally likely, I'll tell you about that. Uh, hockey fifty-fifty. What, 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 what's the return on that? If you pay, you go there every night and uh, you put in a little bit, five thousand over a lifetime. How much should you win there? That's a, that's an easy one. That one. Uh, roulette. You're playing roulette, and you see this in the casino. Black comes up ten times in a row or eight times in a row. The money starts to move over to the red. You see, the, you can see it, visually see it there. People sighing a bit. It doesn't come up that often, eight, in, eight or nine in a row, but if it does. So what's the probability of a red number coming up, the black or red, uh, coming up there? If it happens 30 times in a row, does the probability change or what, what's going on there? Um, Medical test there. I put a medical test there. This is a uh, an interesting one. The test is for a rare disease, and it's 99% um, accurate. This test, okay. So if you've got it, it's 99% accurate. So you've been tested at random, or just go in. What's the chance that you've got it? If you uh, if it happens one in a thousand, and that's an interesting one there. Uh, the next one, just a famous problem, just to fill up the page there. They look about the same there, but this was from the start of probability. A very famous gambler was doing the first one, and then he thought he'd do the second one and win more money, uh, but he didn't, uh, throwing it uh, to... But it looked, they look about the same to me. And the last one is the life insurance table for you to have a look at. This is what's called a mortality table, and this is how they um, make, make the... Um, uh, I mean, it's a very simple table here, but this is how they make the odds. So, uh, uh, so suppose if you're under 30, and of course they, they give the actual dates, but suppose you're under 30, then on the tables, 1.6 of those people, that 1.6, what that means in 1,000, of course it means 16 in 10,000, I mean, or you could put 0.16 in, in 100, doesn't matter how you, the 1.6 doesn't mean 
And everyone knows that, eh? I mean, we have 1.2 children on average or something like that. But 1.6 die. So, so how much should you be paying if you want $1,000 insurance? It's very simple. It's $1.6. So that's what it uh, works out there. $1.6 per thousand if you're under 30. And then as you go up 55, you've got to pay 17 because it's more likely if you pay $17.8 per thousand dollars of insurance... And, of course, for a woman, it's only $8.2. So, anyway, while you're having lunch, uh, just go over those, and then we'll maybe have some questions on those. And, uh, and I've brought the solutions as well so that uh, you won't go away without knowing the, um, the, the solutions there. So, uh, th- thank you anyway. Uh, and we'll, we'll stop there and have some lunch.